Section 15 of Why Frau Frommann Raised Her Prices and Other Stories. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 7 of The Lady of Launay by Antony Trollope. How Bessie Pryor Was Banished to Normandy. There was nothing for it but to go after the interview described in the last chapter. Mrs. Miles sent a message to the obstinate girl, informing her that she need not any longer consider herself a prisoner, but that she had better prepare her clothes so as to be ready to start within a week. The necessary correspondence had taken place between Launay and Avranches, and within ten days from the time at which Mr. Gregory had made the proposition, in less than a fortnight from the departure of her lover, Bessie came down from her room all equipped, and took her place in the small wagonette which so short a time before had taken her lover away from her. During the week she had had liberty to go where she pleased, except into her aunt's room. But she had, in truth, been almost as much a prisoner as before. She did for a few minutes each day go out into the park, but she would not go beyond the garden into the park, nor did she accept an invitation from the Gregory girls to spend an evening at the rectory. It would be so necessary, one of them wrote, that everything should be told to her as to the disposition and ways of life of Aunt Amelia. But Bessie would not see the Gregory girls. She was being sent away from home because of the wickedness of her love, and all Launay knew it. In such a condition of things, she could not go out to eat Sally Lunn and pound cake, and to be told of the delights of a small Norman town. She would not even see the Gregory girls when they came up to the house, but wrote an affectionate note to the elder of them, explaining that her misery was too great to allow her to see any friend. She was, in truth, very miserable. It was not only because of her love, from which she had from the first been aware that misery must come, undoubted misery, if not misery that would last through her whole life, but now there was added to this the sorrow of absolute banishment from her aunt. Mrs. Miles would not see her again before she started. Bessie was well aware of all that she owed to the mistress of Launay, and being intelligent in the reading of character, was aware also that through many years she had succeeded in obtaining from the old woman more than the intended performance of an undertaken duty. She had forced the old woman to love her, and was aware that by means of that love the old woman's life had been brightened. She had not only received, but had conferred kindness. And it is by conferring kindness that love is created. It was an agony to her that she should be compelled to leave this dearest friend, who was still sickened and firm, without seeing her. But Mrs. Miles was inexorable. These four words, written on a scrap of paper, were brought to her on that morning pray pray see me she was still inexorable there had been long pencil-written notes between them on the previous day if bessie would pledge herself to give up her lover all might yet be changed the old woman at avranches should be compensated for her disappointment bessie should be restored to all her privileges at launay you shall be my own own child said mrs miles she condescended even to promise that not a word more should be said about Mr. Morrison. But Bessie also could be inexorable. I cannot say that I will give him up, she wrote. Thus it came to pass that she had to get into the wagonette without seeing her old friend. 
Mrs. Knoll went with her, having received instructions to wait upon Miss Bessie all the way to Avranches. Mrs. Knoll felt that she was sent as a guard against the lover. Mrs. Miles had known Bessie too well to have fear of that kind, and had sent Mrs. Knoll as a general guardian against the wild beasts which are supposed to be roaming about the world in quest of unprotected young females. In the distribution of her anger, Mrs. Miles had for the moment been very severe towards Philip as to pecuniary matters. He had chosen to be rebellious, and therefore he was not only turned out of the house, but told that he must live on an uncomfortably small income. But to Bessie, Mrs. Miles was liberal. She had astounded Miss Gregory by the nobility of the term she had proposed, and on the evening before the journey had sent ten five-pound notes in a blank envelope to Bessie. Then, in a subsequent note, she had said that a similar sum would be paid to her every half-year. In none of these notes was there any expression of endearment. To none of them was there even a signature. But they all conveyed evidence of the amount of thought which Mrs. Miles was giving to Bessie and her affairs. Bessie's journey was very comfortless. She had learned to hate Mrs. Knoll, who assumed all the airs of a duenna. She would not leave Bessie out of sight for a moment, as though Philip might have been hidden behind every curtain or under every table. Once or twice the duenna made a little attempt at persuasion herself. It ain't no good, miss, and it had better be give up. Then Bessie looked at her, and desired that she might be left alone. This had been at the hotel at Dover. Then again Mrs. Knoll spoke as the carriage was approaching Avranches. If you wish to come back, Miss Bessie, the way is open. Never mind my wishes, Mrs. Knoll, said Bessie. When, on her return to Launay, Mrs. Knoll once attempted to intimate to her mistress that Miss Bessie was very obstinate, she was silenced so sternly, so shortly, that the housekeeper began to doubt whether she might not have made a mistake, and whether Bessie would not at last prevail. It was evident that Mrs. Miles would not hear a word against Bessie. On her arrival at Avranches, Miss Gregory was very kind to her. She found that she was received not at all as a naughty girl who had been sent away from home in order that she might be subjected to severe treatment. Miss Gregory fulfilled all the promises which her brother had made on her behalf, and was thoroughly kind and good-tempered. For nearly a month not a word was said about Philip or the love affairs. It seemed to be understood that Bessie had come to Avranches quite at her own desire. She was introduced to the genteel society with which the place abounds, and was conscious that a much freer life was vouchsafed to her than she had ever known before. At Launay she had, of course, been subject to Mrs. Miles. Now she was subject to no one. Miss Gregory exercised no authority over her, was indeed rather subject to Bessie, as being recipient of the money paid for Bessie's board and lodging. But by the end of the month there had grown up so much of friendship between the elder and the younger lady that something came to be said about Philip. It was impossible that Bessie should be silent as to her past life. By degrees she told all that Mrs. Miles had done for her, how she herself had been a penniless orphan, how Mrs. Miles had taken her in from simple charity, how love had grown up between the two, the warmest, truest love, and then how that other love had grown. 
the telling of secrets begets the telling of secrets miss gregory though she was now old with the marks of little feeble crow's feet round her gentle eyes though she wore a false front and was much withered had also had her love affair she took delight in pouring forth her little tale how she had loved an officer and had been beloved how there had been no money how the officer's parents had besought her to set the officer free so that he might marry money how she had set the officer free and how in consequence the officer had married money and was now a major-general with a large family a comfortable house and the gout and i have always thought it was right said the excellent spinster what could i have done for him it couldn't be right if he loved you best said bessy why not my dear he has made an excellent husband perhaps he didn't love me best when he stood at the altar i think love should be more holy mine has been very holy to me myself for a time i wept but now i think i am happier than if i had never seen him it adds something to one's life to have been loved once bessie who was of a stronger temperament told herself that happiness such as that would not suffice for her she wanted not only to be happy herself but also to make him so in the simplicity of her heart she wondered whether philip would be different from that easy-changing major-general but in the strength of her heart she was sure he would be very different she would certainly not release him at the request of any parent but he should be as free as air at the slightest hint of a request for himself she did not believe for a moment that such a request would come but if it did if it did then there should be no difficulty then would she submit to banishment at avranches or elsewhere as it might be decided for her till it might please the lord to release her from her troubles at the end of six weeks miss gregory knew the whole secret of philip and bessie's love and knew also that bessie was quite resolved to persevere there were many discussions about love in which bessie always clung to the opinion that when it was once offered and taken given and received it ought to be held as more sacred than any other bond she owed much to mrs miles she acknowledged that but she thought that she owed more to philip miss gregory would never quite agree with her was strong in her own opinion that women are born to yield and suffer and live mutilated lives like herself but not the less did they become fast friends at the end of six weeks it was determined between them that bessie should write to mrs miles mrs miles had signified her wish not to be written to and had not herself written messages as to the improving state of her health had come from the gregory girls but no letter had as yet passed then bessie wrote as follows in direct disobedience to her aunt's orders dearest aunt i cannot help writing a line because i am so anxious about you mary gregory says you have been up and out on the lawn in the sunshine but it would make me so happy if i could see the words in your own dear handwriting do send me one little word and though i know what you told me still i think you will be glad to hear that your poor affectionate loving bessie is well i will not say that i am quite happy i cannot be quite happy away from launay and you but miss gregory has been very very kind to me and there are nice people here 
We live almost as quietly as at Launay, but sometimes we see the people. I am reading German and making lace, and I try not to be idle. Good-bye, dear, dearest aunt. Try to think kindly of me. I pray for you every morning and night. If you will send me a little note for yourself, it will fill me with joy. Your most affectionate and devoted niece, Bessie Pryor. This was brought up to Mrs. Miles when she was still in bed, for as yet she had not returned to the early hours of her healthy life. When she had read it, she at first held it apart from her. Then she put it close to her bosom and wept bitterly as she thought how void of sunshine the house had been since that gleam had been turned away from it. End of chapter 7